Sorry, I made the mistake of having a little nibble on a Diwali treat that's being shared around the uh, RNZ office during the weather, and I'm just uh, recovering from that. I'm going to have to ask Graham Tucker to do the bulk of the talking in his movie review today. Um, <laughs> 2101 to text jesse at rnz.co.nz. Hi, Graham. Hey, Jesse. I caught that, so I will be, um, <laughs> I will be verbose. <laughs> yeah, you never quite know which uh, foods are going to set your... Uh, Set your mouth off, but uh, this uh, Diwali tree. Anyway, enough of my problems. I'm you just d- a little bit envious, that's there's, all. Yeah, there's a new Marvel movie out. Look, um, yeah, number somewhere between 25 and 30, depending on who's counting and how you do the counting. But the Marvel franchise has been running kind of in its latest iteration ever since 2008. So we are now all exactly 15 years by film reviewer maths into the, into the series. I guess by now everybody knows whether they like a superhero movie or not. Yeah. I think you famously have never seen a single one of them, which, I, com- which I commend you for. <laughs> We're starting from the start. So we've watched Iron Man now. Okay. Well, As Iron- a family, which we quite enjoyed. I'm that run of 20-plus from Iron Man right up to Avengers Endgame in 2019, Yeah, I will, I will go down fighting saying that was an amazing achievement to make 20 films that hung together yeah. and told a single narrative, here, you know, more or less, and ended in a very, very thematically satisfying way. I think that, you know, it was yeah, we'll do no that. We'll do that for sure. I think it's just yeah. part of your pop culture education probably to see that series. Oh, for sure. But um, look, since 2019, yeah. it's all been just a little bit ramshackle shackle and the kind of a feeling that marvel are very much trying to restart another grand universe and it's all a bit misfiery and a bit putt putt and it's Mm -hmm. never quite going to get back to uh, i I wish them well and i hope they uh find a second recipe for the secret sauce but um it feels a little bit like everything's a bit episodic and a bit standalone and a bit hit and miss now the sense of like the grand plan is now missing okay does this film does this film mark the start of something new and wonderful well the marvels is a continuation of the film miss marvel which came out which was a very late part of that initial run of 20 plus movies introduced the character of captain marvel um sorry captain marvel she played by Brie Larson, who is probably the best thing in it because Brie Larson, the actor, has got comic timing out of a Swiss watch. She's uh-huh. Amazing. She can really she can land on a gag, you know. I'm watching her in Lessons in Chemistry at the moment. She's great. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, but really no, she's good. um she she can elevate material, you know. Um. Uh, we the thing about the Marvels the movie is you very much need to also be au fait with the Disney Plus TV series which is spun off which is called Ms. Marvel which uh, I wasn't and I found I was very much watching a movie that was kind of like it was almost like a, an extended episode of that TV show uh-huh. rather than a direct sequel to the 2019 movie. Right. So there were times I was going, have I forgotten the 2019 <laughs> movie? With the, I don't remember these characters at all. And then finding out from younger and smarter friends is like, oh, these are people who've been uh, unpacked and unfolded during the run of the Disney Plus TV show. So it's like... I think this is like this is how a, a an American media franchise is going to have to run now. It's going to be like a an interwoven landscape of a TV show which feeds into a feature film, which feeds back into a TV show in the desperate hope that everybody's going to watch all of them. So well, what happened say, to just rocking up and watching a movie, Graham, and, and enjoying it without any contextual information? Honestly, you could not have asked the question... Um, the question could not be better asked. I would I would far rather see a standalone film and think, okay, maybe the small screen spin-off is not necessary to my understanding and enjoyment of the standalone film. But what I will say is uh, the Marvels is nicely goofy. 
Uh, it's very, it's a very woman-led enterprise. Like the three, um, the three heroes of the narrative, all played by women, played by uh, Brie Larson, also Monica Rambo, who was introduced, I understand, during the TV show, and Kamala Khan as three sort of iterations of the Captain Marvel character across mm-hmm. different. Uh, I'm going to go back to iterations. I can't think of another word. Um, <laughs> you don't have another iteration of yeah. iteration. Look, it's got some charm. It's, thank you. It's got some charm. It's got some goofiness. There's a scene towards the end which is completely scored to uh, memories from the musical Cats, <laughs> which I just found myself sliding out of my seat with laughter at. <laughs> yeah. So I go, I've also, look, a friend of mine is going to text me after this and say, is this a good film to take my 11-year-old daughter to? And I'm going to text her back and say, look, absolutely. She will enjoy it considerably more than I did and all power to her, you know? I think it's a it's a silly, goofy, uh, very family friendly sort of um, part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It won't please the uh, the purists who just love those first that first fifteen years or so of the movie, or the first dozen years of the movies. But um, as a standalone, it's going to have its fans. I Thank might not be one of them, but it will. Great. EO is the next film you're oh, telling us about. Look, you know how much I love a film about domesticated livestock, Jesse. And yes. <laughs> you my... often lead your reviews with the latest domesticated livestock-based movie. I like to think of it as my signature move. You yeah. Know? Um, AO is a Polish-Italian drama. comes from the legendary director Jerzy uh, Skolomowski, who was very famous back in the 70s and 80s, one for a British drama called Moonlighting, uh, not the Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. Sybil Shepherd, and a film called The Shout, which starred John Hurt and Alan Bates yeah. getting up to shenanigans in the sandhills. Uh-huh. Um, so he's 84 years old now. He certainly doesn't need to make a film that he doesn't want to make, and I'm going to assume because of that this is very much a passion project for Jerzy Skolomowski. He's made a film about a tiny donkey, um, which has not escaped, but been been released from a circus in modern-day Poland. The donkey is loaded on a truck by some concerned government officials with some llamas and some horses and some camels. And then the donkey... um, manages to escape into the woods and the film is very much told from the animal's point of view of like its journey across this kind of slightly david lynchian demimond of modern day <laughs> poland yeah. as he wanders in and out of people's lives occasionally escapes with his life um it's it sold out every single screening that it got at this year's International Film Festival within minutes, which meant I didn't get to see it at the embassy and I wanted to, or I didn't get mm. to see it at a big screen and I really wanted to. I've caught up with it this week, and it's just, it's one of those indescribable films that you will just simply never forget the fact huh. that you saw that weird Polish docu- um, drama right. about, the, about, the, about the donkey. You might love it. You might not. I got a text from Caitlin Cherry going, that was odd. And I was like, (laughs) yes, Caitlin, that was an odd film. But at the same time, it's 80 minutes that you will will not forget. It's a purely cinematic enterprise from an absolutely legendary director. Like, Jerzy Skolomowski is one of those... The fact that he's still alive and still making films and still coming up with something as utterly vibrant and unique as EO or AO is remarkable. So EO opened around the country yesterday. Um, If you live next to a decent small cinema, then you should be able to find someone who's playing it. Um, Yeah, likewise, the Marvels, that also opened up yesterday in every cinema in the country, I assume. Um, I wanted to move on to a short documentary, which is opening up on Rialto Channel next week called Love in, a Bright, uh, Love in Bright Landscapes, yes. which is a documentary specifically about David McComb, but also his band, The Triffids, 
who I imagine is just about right in your student radio wheelhouse mm, as well as mine. I don't know the name, but... The Triffids came out of Perth yeah. uh, in the early early to mid-80s. They were formed in 1978 by a young man called David McComb and some of his schoolmates and best friends in Perth. By about 1982, they'd hit on a very stable... Uh, lineup. They toured Australia relentlessly, like driving from Perth to Sydney to Melbourne and back to Perth again. They reckon they did that trip 16 times, which, you know, that's pretty much to the moon and back. That's a <laughs> long way. Yeah. By the, uh, by about 84, 85, they had, you know, they were world, they were literally world famous in Australia by then. Um, and also coming onto the radar of like student radio in New Zealand at least. Uh, they made the time-honoured trip of great Australian bands. You go to London. They went to London. They released, around that time, like in Australia and then in London, 83, 84, they released a debut album called Treeless Plain, which the UK media got very, very excited about. They were very much anointed, sort of like NME, Next Big Thing, Melody Maker, Band of the Week. Um, but at the same time, and they were a band very much on the verge of like almost maybe R.E.M. or the Smiths kind of breakthrough. And they were a band that deserved to be mentioned in the same breath as R.E.M. or the Smiths. Like if you were a fan of either of those bands back in that day, yeah. then you would have, you know, you very much would have loved the Triffids. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everything conspires. Like David McComb, who was very much the founder and the creative powerhouse and I guess the genius behind the band. Uh, was uh, both addicted and afflicted. He was born with a heart condition, which meant he probably wasn't going to make long bones. And he also fell prey to everything that young men on the road fall prey to. Like, uh, he, you know, there he was struggling with addiction issues at the same time as he's struggling with health issues. And it's no, you know, it's no spoiler to say that David McComb didn't live long enough to maybe see the Triffids become the band that they could have become. So this is a documentary. It's called Love in Bright Landscapes. It comes from Jonathan Alley, who's a Wellington-raised, born-and-raised filmmaker who is now based, I think, in Melbourne, but definitely based in Australia, Jonathan Alley. Um, he's got a hold of some beautiful... Uh, 8mm and 16mm film footage which has been very very carefully and lovingly restored mm. and he's also um, just got a lot of archive from the band, he's got uh, interviews with surviving bandmates he's got people um, uh, just you know, great contemporaries Paul Kelly among them to sit down and talk about their recollections about David McComb and the Triffids uh, it's playing on Rialto Channel I think the 13th and the 14th of November but it's also available right now on Arrowvision streaming service and also the Academy On Demand local video streaming service so oh, that's called great. Love and Bright Landscapes. I um, biked film. home past the power station last night and there were a long line of people queuing for the Brian Jonestown massacre. I bet that same group of people would love this one, Love and Bright Landscapes. I really like that. It's funny, I walked up Cuba Street last night <laughs> and Bright Eyes were playing in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. So you're very much in that, in that wheelhouse as well. I, lo I love to look at a crowd outside a gig and, and kind of size them up and... Mm. It's not always predictable, right? It's not. It's not. You can't always predict who's going to be at what gig. But it's, it's so, and it's actually more interesting before when you see the crowd first, and then you've got to try and guess what the gig might be. But so um, the lovely long tail that music has now because yeah. of social media, like you can find that a band that you were into twenty years ago suddenly has a whole bunch of seventeen-year-old fans. You know, and, and equally, um, you know, some of these bands that might normally appeal more to younger people will play on RNZ and build their own audience and you'll get people sort of my age um, showing up to watch them. So, yeah, it's nice. It's been a great uh, equaliser.
Ebony Lamb, Pico Kariki, tomorrow night. Ah, good stuff. Thank you, Graham. Great to have you on. Graham Tuckett, our movie reviewer.